with Alan Moore. Good evening, listeners. Well, we're back from the, well, I can't say icy wastes of Siberia where we were last week, myself and uh, Andy McLean, but um, it was quite nice. Right now, out in Krasnoyarsk, it's quite late. It's uh, the early hours of the morning, but it's four degrees, so just uh, kind of the same as here. Right, I'm Alan Moore. This is Capital Sports. We have an absolutely super show for you this evening. We're going to have a chat about what is going wrong in English football, or even just British football, where fans seem to be able to wander onto the field and abuse players at will. We're also going to have a chat uh, with uh, Andrew Flint, of course, of Ryan Dog Football, and with Paul Little of the Irish Daily Star. Now, right beside me, on my right today, instead of my left, so he has moved uh, political parties, it is Mr Andrew McLean. Always shifting. Okay, and we have Beavis and Butthead over in the corner. Uh, hello, this is Alex B, and I'd like to wish everybody a happy National Open and Umbrella Indoors Day. Okay, and all right, thank is you, Alex, for that. Yeah, I, yeah th- he's made it a thing now, so okay. And no, Peter it's, it's, B. An, it's an actual event, we had to look it up, but hey. Okay, very good. Do you have oh, an umbrella with you? It's open indoors. Okay, all right, and of course, we've got Nikki Stace building our tunes today. I'm making sure that we stay in line, correct, Nikki? Yeah, she's nodding her head, so she's busy lining up Andrew Flint. Okay, so we have Champions League, English Premier League, we have Russian Premier League, we have Six Nations because that Six Nations competition between us is coming down to the final weekend of games. Um, guys, will I read out the, uh, the leaderboard? No, you're fine. Yeah, you sure, Andy? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I, like, I mean, Andy, who is our, like, our, our, our tips or our expert, has not been doing as well as he should be as a proud Scotsman. I took a gamble last week, to be fair. You did. Going against the grain in order to try and get top, having recommended that Wales would probably come good against Scotland. Yeah. But and you would have only then been two points behind a leader. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, okay, so Alex is... Um, he's, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's <laughs> trading. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he, his best he can hope for is to finish in second place if everyone else fails. Alex, you have six points, six wins. Okay, six uh, wins. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, um, you certainly will. And uh, Andy is just ahead of you. He's just a little bit yeah, striding ahead on seven points. Yeah. So you need yep. three wins and then for us to lose all. Peter P, you're doing well. You're on nine points. Yeah, yeah. I'm coming for that first place, by the way. Yep. So you're coming strongly. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, okay, I'm just one ahead on 10 points, but we're very, very, we've been doing quite well. Okay. So we're going to go straight away uh, out to two men. So a little bit, well, actually, it's, not as far away as we were last week. By the way, before we go, Andy, did you enjoy crossing the Arsk? Very much so. It, it, surprisingly so. Um, yeah, it, interesting city. Didn't get to see a lot of it because the the, day, the working days were long, but really enjoyed the the whole competition, the university. Had, um, yeah, great experience. Really enjoyed and it. In terms of the the, the start, because you were you were doing the announcing for the curling, how was it? Because I mean, your country folk, your Scots country folk, they actually won a medal. They did. The uh, the men's took bronze. The women fell just short, losing out to the Russian women who who in, took bronze in in that side of the competition. Um, yeah, really impressed with the with the stadium, the the organisation of it, um, and the the high standards. Um, obviously, a lot of them have played not at Olympics but at European or, or world levels of, of competition. It was a really high standard and really enjoyable to watch. Okay, and in terms of the facilities, because I mean, uh, I mean, I was covering bandits also with with you across at the uh, curling as well. Terrific, really impressed by what the, the facilities that they had were just out of this world. Yeah, the main um, the main ice technician, believe it or not, there's there's only six of them in the world. I think that are used for Olympic standard curling or ice f- facilities. Said that the venue where you're at the Ivan um, Stadium. Um, was of Olympic standard, not just the University Olympics. He was really impressed by it. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Okay, uh, all right. So, to with us in just a moment to discuss what was what is going on in British football in terms of with fans attacking uh, players. We have Andrew Flint out and two men. Andrew, are you with us? I certainly am. I certainly am. Um, oh. I didn't enjoy as much of the University as you guys did, um, but I had a look at the medals table and I was. Proud to see the motherland do well. <laughs> yeah, I see. How many how many medals did you guys win? One. The UK or yeah. Russia? Uh, uh, Great Britain. Uh, oh, it's the United Kingdom of Great Britain or Ireland? Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah as sorry. you now know, yeah. as you now know, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many they got in total. Certainly from the curling, it was one. At least one, okay. Because Russia, I think, ended up with 100 medals or something, didn't they? Just gold. I yeah. think that was. <laughs> <laughs> Just like every sort of look up and like really. 
what was it really a competition though? I mean, no, <laughs> no, it was everything by the looks of it. Like when the the the, the women's or the the ladies uh, bandy team from the USA came in, they arrived like four hours. They in the airport, they arrived four hours before their match. They only had twelve. They were meant to have sixteen players. They only had twelve, so they only one substitute. And they proceeded then to lose their first game. Their first game up. And they lose twenty nil against Sweden. It was just like, oh please stop! Wow. It was like I was announcing that game, and it was just like every single uh, goal by number four. <laughs> it was like, please stop it. Anyway, right? Listen, um, yeah, stop violence on the field between players. But we're going to talk about what's going on in terms of fans. Now we've all been discussing it before we come into the studio. Uh, Alex has come up with a few interesting things as well. Uh, however. Andrew, just, can you describe what happened at the Birmingham Derby between Aston Villa and Birmingham City last week? Well, it was quite disturbing, to be honest, to watch, wasn't it? Um, I mean, it's it's a fairly intense derby in the second tier of English football. Um, Jack Grealish, who's a controversial figure at best, should we say, very talented midfielder, scored what turned out to be the winner. Um, and you're just strolling, strolling over the pitch, and a Birmingham fan, runs up behind him, absolutely claws him on the side of the head. And to be fair to Grealish, he didn't react in any way. He simply just looked so confused. And I think a lot of people were confused because this fan managed to get so close um, and with aggressive intent. Um, and the, the man has been jailed for, uh, was it 14 weeks, I think it is? Yeah, yeah. Um, and But the worst thing for me is... It is the expression on his face afterwards. It was looking to the crowd, looking, look at me, aren't I funny? It was just a joke. And he even in court said it was just a joke. Yeah, or, this, you know, like some people have said, it could be a weapon next time. It could be worse. I well, mean, this it, is the whole is, thing. Terrific. Exactly. The whole, like, there's a huge upsurge, around, not, and outside of London especially. Um, I was watching a dispatches show on the, the Channel 4 show uh, the week before last um, of knife crime. So what if this guy had a knife? What if this guy had a brick in his hand? You know, th- this will happen next time. This clown, Paul Mitchell, 27. He look, he's 27 years old, but he looked about 47. He looked way older than me. Anyway. Yeah. Like, so he's been banned from the club for 10 years. But what I found objectionable was, as he's walking away, he's been dragged, like, taken off the field um, by a steward. And I mean, okay, mm. people can complain the stewards didn't react in time to a whole lot. These idiots will always find a way to get in. So, I mean, the steward reacted as, as quickly as he could. Um, mm. And... He he's he's waving and blowing kisses to the Birmingham fans, and the fans are applauding and laughing. You know, so they're yeah. they're, they're approving mean, what he's doing. Well, it's that's the that's one of the most worrying parts of it that you know that there is going to be a significant portion of any crowd nowadays that will find it hilarious. I I personally put a lot of it down to the the social media effect on football. So many people nowadays celebrating goals. They don't actually celebrate. They're trying to record their reactions. They're trying to be more reactive than anybody before to get more likes and more retweets. And I think it's all about the attention. That was guaranteed to get this guy's attention. People thought, oh, well, it's more than just a football game. I'm going to remember this. So it doesn't affect me because I'm the one, not the one being attacked. But listen, that's a good point. And there's something that, that was brought up as well by uh, the former... Um, England as well and the Aston Villa player who was commentating on the match Lee Hendry so we're just going to play a bit of audio of the reaction right afterwards because again this 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 idiot right now mm. the crowd came up sucker punched I mean it just shows you what a man he is like he walked up and punched Jack Grealish from behind um, I mean lots of Irish people wanted to punch Jack Grealish uh, because he, he chose England instead of Ireland because he's you know, played for Ireland and so on underage not that we're condoning this no no because again the amount of crap he took on social media you know, and people think they can get away with all these like keyboard warriors. So, okay, we'll just play this a bit of an audio from uh, Lee Hendry and his take on the whole thing. This is absolutely it's embarrassing. I mean, uh, how we can say we to watch a game of football? Yeah, I'm all for the rivalry, I'm all for the banter, but that is below, completely below the belt. How, I mean, if you was a Birmingham City fan, you'd be embarrassed to see that. I mean, that is literally the worst thing that I've seen on a football pitch. And to think, you know, Jack Grealish, one of the key players, what if he did break his jaw and had to go off the pitch? That's one key player that's out of your side straight away. The game's got to be abandoned. It's absolutely... You think it should? If that would have happened, I think the game would have had to have been abandoned. I really do, because taking someone like Jack out, who we spoke about before the show, what a key player he is, a fan running on the pitch and doing something like that, he's a lucky man because that could have been... I mean, we can speak about it, could have been anything. You know, the knife crime that we see, anything could have happened out there. And... 
So, okay, anything could have happened, like we said, knife crime and so on. So, um, is this becoming more prevalent? Because I've also seen uh, someone try to get on to attack Chris Smalling in the Arsenal um, Man U game, and also mm. then there was the incident in Scotland between Hibs and Rangers when the Rangers fan, I think, got onto the field to try and Hibs fan, Hibs fan, yeah. excuse me, to, to, to get on. Of course, we have the mm. this ongoing thing of coins being thrown in Scottish football, especially Scottish football. Um, but you know, what what have you found in your research, uh, Andrew? Like, what 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 have you seen going on? Is it on the rise? Well, I think I think it is. What people are doing is finding, like you mentioned or alluded to earlier, people will find a way if they want to to launch something onto the pitch. Nowadays, of course, you can't have bottle tops, but coins you can't exactly say to you're not allowed to take coins in. Um, there was also actually I found. In the same stadium, the Hibs Stadium, a glass bottle was thrown at Scott Sinclair when he was taking a corner. Um, against PSG for Manchester United, there was a bottle thrown at um, Ankel Di Maria and he tried to pick it up in vaguely amusing fashion, I guess. But it's not amusing that a glass bottle, that hits you on the side of the head with the right force. I mean, that can be seriously, seriously damaging. It could obviously. be fatal. Yeah, it could be fatal. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this, this is the thing. They, there's very little that can be done unless you really do crack down completely. And this is what is worrying because it will affect all fans. If you crack down to the extent where you say absolutely nothing is allowed into the stands, um, we're going to body search you, you're not going to allow any loose change at all. I mean, it, how on earth do you enforce that with 50, 60, 70,000 fans? You just can't. And fans know it. Well, Alan, I remember Alan Shearer brought up an interesting point saying that they need to clamp down now on the clubs rather than the individuals saying that they perhaps introduce point deductions or playing behind closed doors. I don't understand the point deduction because you're just going to get imposters who are looking to, you know, mm. to get point deductions exactly. for, for whatever teams. But playing behind closed doors, I mean, is, is that really a feasible option in, in, in your opinion? Is, is that how we solve it? Well, you know, actually... I think it might be. Um, I mean, if it's a, a serious incident, of course. Um, you know, a lot of punishments nowadays, it infuriates me how completely limp they are. Like for Manchester United, for example, they were fined uh, £13,000 for some serious disturbances in the stands against um, PSG. What's £13,000? That's about, you know, a morning's work for Chris Smalling. You know, it, it's absolutely nothing. Fines mean nothing. But this is an appropriate, proportionate um, punishment, I would say. Take fans out of the equation, and therefore fans can't attack players on the pitch. It's as simple as that. Okay. Um, the one thing I would say, though, is a lot of people said the the stewards are slow to defend them. And I think that is a horribly misplaced opinion. They, they just simply aren't enough at the moment to deal with it. That's as, it's as simple as that. If a, or, if a, or police. If a fan is straight in front of the steward, He'll no, stop that, him, but if there aren't enough. Listen, Andrew, that, that is a good point. We're, we've run out of time, but we'll be back with you uh, next week. Um, thank you. I hope you enjoyed the game this evening, if you're going to watch it. Yeah, tomorrow morning. Okay, tomorrow morning. Okay, listen, you have a good <laughs> one. Thanks a minute, Andrew. You take it easy, and we'll talk to you next week. Cheers, guys. Okay. Right, before we go to the break, we are running away. We have um, a 1,500 ruble voucher to give away to Silvers, which is up on Kurskaya. Uh, and the question is this. Who won last year's Six Nations Championship? Was it Ireland or Italy? Ireland or Italy? Plus 795-111053. We're going to to the break with a kind of a topical song. This is Frankie Goes to Hollywood and Two Tribes. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. When you hear the air attack warning, you and your family must take cover.
Folks, we're back. So that question once more. Who won the 2018 Six Nations Rugby Championship? Was it Ireland or Italy? Plus 795-111053. Okay, now we're going to go to the phone in just a moment to speak with Paul Little of the Irish Daily Star. However, before we do, two big games last night in the Champions League. Uh, that man, Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo. Andy, three goals, but he has some chin, doesn't he? <laughs> Are you saying it's a target? Uh, no, no, no. I'm just. To, I, I, he, he has a neck like a jockey's, whatever. But he also has a a chin that's like granite and big and strong and an Adam's apple. He just like at his age with his abs and the whole lot, like just absolutely unbelievable. He's also got a chip on his shoulder. Um, <laughs> I think just, just yeah. He just keeps. It's incredible. Um, we we really are in a in an age or a generation of football when Ronaldo and Messi both go. Um, I, I don't see anyone stepping up to, to, to the plate in that sense of reproducing what they produced in terms of goals and entertainment. Uh, just absolutely incredible. Another hat-trick that's put him now level, I think, with Messi's eight uh, in the Champions League. Um, and he's 20-odd goals out in front of him as well. I mean, I mean, he is an absolute game-changer. I, mean, I saw it in the World Cup when he, you know, when he scored against was it, uh, Morocco. And just, he ran the whole game. And, you know, again, no matter no, he's what... He's hat-trick against Spain. I mean, when I mean, he gets kicked up in the air over, like, I mean, I saw off the ball, fellas thumping him, like literally boxing him, and he just kept playing, kept playing, kept playing. Like he is, no matter what, like what he, whatever he's done, like with the, the no, we can't say alleged because he's admitted like the the uh, sexual assaulting and the whole. Like, no matter what if he's taken for doping the whole, like, he still has to to play every single week. Also, Man City, of course, last night uh, coming home seven 0 beating Schalke. So that just shows the difference in say the class between say Lokomotiv. And, and, and them, you know. Um, okay, before we go to Paul Little on the phone, um, Alex, you had, just while we are in the break, you were talking about there was some also ongoing violence issues in the NBA as well. A couple of instances of fan, say, uh, stupidity. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, pretty recently there was um, Russell Westbrook of Oklahoma City was in Utah, and a Utah fan started, was sitting, like, pretty much courtside. And, like, in the NBA... I'm pretty sure it's like one of the few sports, if not the only sport, where, like, if you're like the court side and the actual like um, basketball court, like there there's nothing that separates the fans from the players. So somebody you, started you, you like can shutting, and actually yeah, touch them, yeah. So um, uh, like two weeks ago, somebody went out and like some kid went up and started like touching Russell Westbrook and talking to him. But only last week, again, Russell Westbrook, a fan started yelling like racial stuff at him and. Now Russell Westbrook got like really angry, so now they're rethinking like what they like their policy towards that because they're very close together. Yeah, it has to be something has to be done. I mean, in England we're talking about like re-erecting the fences and so on, like say that used to be before like 20 years ago. But I mean, there was a danger with them, but it, it, something has to be done. Okay, we're going to go um, over to Ireland to Wicklow to uh, uh, to Paul Little. Paul, how are you doing? I'm good. Hello, everybody. Uh, Paul, listen, great to, great to hear you. Uh, Paul, listen, that, we we're just discussing the, the, the issue with Jack Grealish and so on. So, okay, a lot of Irish people would have wanted to hit him a box as well, but what happened last, you know, the, the weekend, I mean, it was it was nasty, wasn't it? It was. I actually thought, Alan, that it was, uh, it might have been an FAI official trying to give him <laughs> uh, a Young Player of the Year award. Um, Don't go there with Declan Rice now, come on. <laughs> <laughs> No, it really was. It was it's, it's dreadful to see. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can never understand, uh, maybe it's just in me, but I, I can't understand going to a football match and howling abuse at people um, and, and feeling that you can get away with it uh, because it's, it's like some kind of diplomatic immunity. Um, and so obviously people feel they can take it a step further at times. Uh, and we know there are, are people who are unhinged everywhere. But you run the risk that uh, as things become, you know, more and more fraught and tense, and people say stuff on social media, that things could just get a bit out of hand. We had the incidents in tennis in, you know, over recent years, maybe not that recent years, but of, of players being stabbed or attacked. Well, Monica Sellish, uh, of course, by deranged yeah. uh, Steffi Graffan, yeah. Yeah, and we know in England at the moment there, there there is a big problem with knife crime. So it only takes, it's not it's not too much of a jump to imagine something like that happening. Uh, but the fact is that there's nobody there to protect, really, and it's very difficult to police something like that. Um, 
but it'll be horrible to see that that sense doesn't have to come back. Yeah, I mean that that that, that that's exactly it, Paul. This about okay. Getting on to um, a decent side of thing, but well, one kind of like funny incident. So of course we we discussed there not well a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Declan Rice, who chose, of course, played underage for Ireland, played senior for Ireland as well, but then decided that he's going to commit to England. And okay, fair play to him. He he's doing it. But last year for 2018, he was the best Irish young player of the year. And now no one knows whether he's going to get the award or not. So what's the latest on that, Paul? I'm not sure what the latest is, Alan, but I know that it, it's caused a certain amount of embarrassment because obviously the votes were, uh, you know, were put in there several months ago when he was still, I suppose, essentially an Irish player. And he was our best. Uh, you know, underage player last year, and he was our best senior player last year. So it wasn't like a shock that he would be, you know, coming out on top of a poll. Uh, so it's a difficult one because obviously the his decision that he made has only come relatively recently. Uh, so you'd imagine they might have had some kind of contingency uh, instead. Um, but in my view on it, Alan, uh, what it's worth is that we should uh, hunt him down and give it to him. Well, yeah, and, and even run onto the pitch and give it to him. Okay, right. Maybe, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so listen, on, 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 uh, on another matter, you had an absolute, uh, I, I, I read it actually was, well, the early hours this morning, uh, your piece that appeared, well, of course, it was in, in, in the Star and in, in uh, Backplace Football, about Borussia Dortmund, um, leading all the way through uh, New Year and then started to wobble a little bit. Uh, just give us a bit of background on their season so far, because they haven't won the league in, in I think, seven years, since, two, two, since 2012. Uh, but they have a great chance this year to um, to unseat Bayern. Yeah, I mean, Bayern have been going through a transitionary period this season uh, with Kovac arriving. Uh, and so uh, I think they came back from the World Cup with some players who looked a little bit tired. They've won six titles in a row. Perhaps some players were finding it hard to get up for uh, matches at the start of the season. Uh, so uh, um, Dortmund capitalised that to some extent. Uh, a good appointment in Lucien Favre, uh, manager, uh, very stable, very sensible. Uh, got them playing great football. Uh, a lot of young players, certainly the back four, I think average age of 21. Um, they've got Alcacer in from Barcelona on loan, it's a bang of goals. Uh, Witzel was a good signing Thomas Delaney so a strong squad um, and on t- to cap that I suppose was the form of, of uh, Royce who has I suppose had injury problems over you know recent seasons but he's been fit for a large part of this season uh, so they, they started very well uh, topped the leagues in September uh, and then they've actually just this last weekend been knocked off by uh, by Bayern Munich on, uh, on goal difference Um so some of it, I think, came down to injury problems uh, at the half. Uh, and then the, the kind of run they had recently where they won one, one in seven, or I think it was. Now that's all competition uh, kind of coincided with Royce being injured. Uh, but now he's back. They won at the weekend again. Uh, but now they find themselves, rather than, uh, rather than being hunted by Real Madrid, they're now hunting Real Madrid. Okay, no, uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. I was going to say, yeah, they they, they switch allegiances right away. <laughs> Fair enough. Franchise, franchise SC, indeed. You know, uh, I mean, you pointed yeah. Roy, Royce had he scored fourteen goals, I think six assists this season. That's like kind yeah. of what he's scored in the last two seasons. So I mean, he he has been like the the, the talisman. So with him back, it's going to be a big one. Andy, Andy has a question to to throw across you. And hi, Paul. Just in the last couple of decades, the German teams have certainly been sort of powerhouses within Europe. Do you see this transitional phase of uh, Bayern Munich with a, an ageing squad and contracts running out and Borussia Dortmund trying to inject a little bit of youth and flair? Do you see them fading away from Champions League and European football for the next couple of years? Well, I know it's a worry. and uh, Certainly Bayern Munich have been kind of you know, concerned about it. Uh, as to how much or how can they spend, can they try and match what we're seeing from PSG, from Manchester City, and then also, obviously, do the big clubs in Europe. Um, should they try and match it is even a question. Um, or they, they maintain their, their kind of sensible uh, approach that they've had over years. I mean, I think they're, they're still their, you know, their, their top signings ever, biggest signings are still, you know, maybe 40 million kind of thing, long way short of what we're seeing from other clubs. Um, so I think obviously that the nature of the ownership in 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 Germany tries to make sure that there's a, 
that you don't get a big owner coming in and taking full control of a club and that there's big fan control as well. Uh, it's, you can see them slip behind, um, but you can imagine that they're very much in favour of financial fair play to try and keep the likes of City and PSG in check. Uh, but I think the other big problem, of course, is that the amount of money, TV money, that the Premier League can demand. Uh, I think it just showed us there, what, last night, Falca getting hammered. Uh, and I think Max Meyer had said that the Crystal Palace squad he's currently involved with uh, is as good as any Shaka team he's been involved in. So, I mean, it's a kind of a, a sorry state of affairs that Crystal Palace are considered that strong. And it shows the plight of both of any league, uh, particularly Germany. Paul, we're going to have to go away, but listen, thank you so much and wrap up well. I know the big storm guard is there, so you just uh, take it easy and we'll back. Oh, wait, no, Nikki, it's okay. We can continue on. Nikki just said, no, it's okay, Andy, far away, because we we're going to we we're going to ask you one question, Paul, but uh, but Andy has it, so we we'll, a little bit more time. I was just going to ask you, sure. the, the, the Bundesliga have the, has this sort of nature of throwing up one club that kind of excels each year. Um, so we've, you know, maybe had a Bayer Leverkusen, a Schalke. Um, in, in this case, it's kind of been Eintracht Frankfurt. Or who, who do you see next season as being perhaps a, a, a showcase that might develop a little bit further? And, and could it have a, a bit more of a, a longer effect? Do you see another club coming in where perhaps Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund are slightly fading away? Could another club perhaps break that, that du duopoly at the top? I'm not really sure about that. I, I, I think that it's probably most likely to be Dortmund, to be honest. I wouldn't say they're necessarily going to fade away, particularly, as I was saying earlier, they have a lot of young players in that squad. Uh, the biggest problem, of course, for, for the likes of Dortmund or anybody who does rise in Germany or anywhere else is that, uh, firstly, Bayern Munich start looking at their players, uh, and then other teams from around Europe start looking at their players also. So it's, it's very hard for a club to develop over seasons and um, we've already seen that with Ajax who impressed so much last week uh, that you know you, you just know that team's going to get pulled apart uh, we've seen the same with Monaco uh, so it's a shame because we don't get to see teams develop over four or five years really before they're you know asked these days Paul just I want you said just to check in with uh, Ireland right now um, not the Irish national team but the, the League of Ireland some terrific crowds going into the grounds and tickets being sold outside League of Ireland stadiums for more than face value, which is like, it never happened. There used to be the kind of, the joke of like that, um, you know, you win a pair of tickets for, you know, first prize win a pair of tickets to a League of Ireland game and second prize win two pairs of tickets. Um, but <laughs> it, it, there's great, how is it going for Bray at the moment? I mean, are, are they getting decent crowds in? Uh, well, I believe that I haven't had a chance to get down uh, so far, but they've started the season well. Uh, won the first three games, so they haven't conceded a goal. Uh, we talked before about how dropping down might benefit them, given the problems they were having. Uh, I understand that the first home game uh, drew in a crowd over its head, which for the Irish first division is is a good crowd, and for Bray, when it's you know for being outside of the top league, that's a very good crowd. Uh, so it would, I'd be hopeful that it would continue. It seems to be across the board. Uh, I'm not sure what's necessarily driving it. Uh, and we're seeing Bohemians, as they say, uh, actually selling out uh, certain games, which is kind of, uh, as you say, just doesn't happen. And so I don't know what to think. It's a kind of, there might be a, a slightly hipster element to it. Uh, people tiring, perhaps, of, you know, big games, or the big game football across Europe, and the fact that you can't just watch it on one TV station anymore, and you're having to constantly buy, you know, different packages to see different leagues, and people are tiring of it, perhaps. Um, and just that kind of local feel. Uh, but, I mean, it's hard to put your finger on because it's it just, it's, say, we've been so long that it's been poor and no matter what people have done has no effect or impact. Uh, and that this season seems different. Okay. Uh, Peter has a question. He's in the far side of the studio. He's looking across to, to ask you a question. Peter, far away. Uh, no one wants to ask about Liverpool, but can we still uh, <laughs> <laughs> like believe that will come back uh, Peter I think uh, I wouldn't rule anything out uh, I think uh, obviously tonight they're in action big game uh, people have been talking and asking Papa whether it wouldn't be any harm for them to get knocked out of this competition and help their Premier League hope uh, and I think Klopp uh, knocked that back very sensibly I, I think at this stage of the season 
it's about momentum, it's about big games, where you want to be. Uh, and Liverpool have missed out on this for a long time. Uh, so I think City are still capable of dropping a point or two. Uh, whether Liverpool can capitalise is obviously going to be the problem. But they've done brilliantly to stay and keep pace with them up to now. OK, Paul, listen, thank you so, so much for, as always, a brilliant insight. Uh, we're going to tweet out that uh, article that you have in uh, Backpage Football because it really is well worth to read. I mean, anyone who is interested about football, who really wants to see good football writing and read it, uh, look up backpagefootball.com and Paul's latest article. Paul, thank you very much. Have a good evening. Thanks, guys. See you now. Take care. Okay, so that's Paul Little from the Irish Daily Star. So that is on backpagefootball.com, a super, super article on uh, Borussia Dortmund. Okay, so uh, before we go to break, we're going to ask that question one more time. Or, well, once more because like it's, uh, it's all over uh, in the next segment. So um, who won the 2018 Six Nations? Was it Ireland or Italy? Okay, plus seven, nine, two, five, one, 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 zero, five, three. Uh, Slava, who wrote into us, so he said uh, regarding Jack Grealish, it's sick what some fans are doing. I work in football for inside. Uh, I work in football for inside football and work a lot with UK clubs. And in the past two years, violence has been at a high, and all clubs are many. Okay, Slava, thank you very, very much. Right, we're going to wait to the break. Um, and it's kind of a nice song, kind of like a bit of uh, a bit upbeat before we come back in for the third section and talk about the uh, losses that all our boys are suffering in the Six Nations. We're going out with Alesso and Heroes. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
What's up? I'm Don Diablo. You're listening to Hexagon Radio in Capital FM, Moscow. Every Friday, 11 p.m. on 105.3. Don Diablo's Hexagon Radio on Capital FM, Moscow. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. Capital. With Alan Moore. We are back on Capital Sports with the last part of the show. Plus 795-1111-053. Who were last year's winners of the 2018 Six Nations? Was it Ireland or Italy? Okay, so that sort of epic music leads us back in to our rugby discussion this evening. Um, okay, we have three games on this weekend. So we have one, basically will be the Grand Slam decider. So if, uh, well, let's go, uh, Alex... Run down through the game. So how are they lined up? France. Uh, then we have Wales versus England, which is, that's that's the big one right there. Oh, Wales I, against I, England? I, Wales, what? Ireland, Ireland. Okay, sorry, Ireland's I'm not sorry. a country now or something? No, Ireland's a country, just sorry, like Wales. Wales. Well, oh, you <laughs> now just said <laughs> Wales is not a country. No, both Wales and Ireland are both countries. Yeah, would you said? Oh, I remember last week you said that Wales hey, was. Look, I, was I said uh, what I had to say to get through the, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and England versus Scotland. Okay. All right. So we've got France and Italy. So uh, okay. What time does that kick off? Moscow uh, time. Those kick off at. Um, oh, Alex. Oh, th- th- those kick off at uh, fifteen thirty Moscow time. Fifteen thirty. Is that is that for real, Andy? Can you I, verify I, that? I can verify that that is yeah. probably correct. Fifteen thirty Moscow time. I'm and the to second game. That good stuff, man. Then we have Wales versus Ireland. Uh, at at 17:45 Moscow time yet again, and then at at eight o'clock p.m. we have England at Scotland, so you can you can watch it over a nice hot meal at Katie O'Shea's on Mahawaya. Oh, very good promo. Okay, or even a silver is on Corsica. Very good. Okay, so uh, Andy, straight away that first cracking game of the weekend, France against Italy. What you reckon? Um, bit of a dead rubber, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, obviously, they they're obviously trying to build it up to the perceived big ones later on. Um, France have been kind of trying out a few different things with their squads. You can't really see past. I I think they'd want to end on a on a positive note ahead of the World Cup and the and and the preparations for that. So I think they'll take it very seriously, and I think we'll probably see a, a comfortable French victory. Because France are one of the teams they either turn up or they don't. They can be against Ireland. They were tragic last week Ireland getting the right battering like you know yeah they seem to be a, a, a very mixed bag at the moment if if their packs having a good day and a few of the wingers etc are linking up well from the rucks and the first the, the, the first breakdowns that they're getting to they seem to look like a fairly dangerous team um, but they get rattled quite quickly and, and um, like against Wales and Ireland they um, they, they went from the, the fantastic to the um, Absolute flaccid. Ridiculously, <laughs> yeah, flaccid in every sense. Even Viagra wouldn't get them working. Right, uh, the second game, Ireland-Wales. Wales need to win to get that Grand Slam. Grand Slam, of course, they win all five matches in the championship. But they have to travel to Dublin to do it. So it's it's an, it's not an easy game for, for either team, and especially not for Wales. No, not at all. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on them. They're, they're now, they're, that record that we mentioned the other week is, is still going. Um, I, I believe it's it's in Cardiff, is it not? Is, is it in Cardiff? It's I believe, away? I, I oh, believe because, it's in yeah, Cardiff. Sorry, I'm going to say Ireland always win in Cardiff and Wales win in, in Dublin. Yeah, last time out, I think um, Wales ended up with quite a comfortable victory when they played at home. Um, but Ireland have gone... They've When Ireland have won, it's been very high-scoring affairs, so it, it could be a really exciting game. Um, it will be interesting to see whether it's cagey at the start or if if, it's, if there's an early try it could be a it could be a fest okay uh the calcutta cup game of course is the last game of the <coughs> yeah, the, the championship we'll, yeah we'll pass over that uh england versus scotland um what chances have scotland got none none 
Okay, boys, you hear that? So just so they, so they, right. they know this. So, so there's no chances for Scotland. No chance for Scotland. Okay, um, but if we look, I mean, at there's the, the, you know definite win Scotland. Definite win for Scotland. Yeah, just for my point basis on the. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. You have to do. You, you're you're desperate at this stage. You're going for. You're basically the guy who's like lost most of his money in the casino and just comes in and sticks everything on black, or on zero on a roulette. Yeah, bill. zero. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. So if we look at it, we're going to bring Nikki back into this as well. So uh, Alex, let's go down oh through game by game by game. All right. Uh, the first game, France Italy. Anything that involves Italy, other way around, France. So France. All right. <laughs> Italy are at home though. Yeah, Italy are at home. It's in Rome. That's, I don't think that's going to help them. Honestly. Okay. Peter. I tried. France, like France. All right. Yeah. Andy? Same again. France. Con consonant. They're at home, though. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going France. Nikki, what do you reckon? I'm not going to uh, take part in it anymore because last time you didn't count my <laughs> answers. <laughs> no, I'm losing. It's not fair. Okay, look, we'll give you... We'll, I'll tell you what, we'll give you... We'll you give can you a give bonus. them a clean sweep for yeah, that Yeah, we'll week. give you a, a, bo a bonus because if you pick... Every time when I when we've worked together and we've gotten the, the... I've given you tips, you've backed me, you've won. So let's put you level with uh, Peter on nine points. Oh, no, no, you can't be. Eight points, fair enough? No. <laughs> what? No, I give you... Straight me... into the bronze medal position, rejected. Yeah, they were getting free points here. Like, like, I don't give anybody free points, but I've given you free points, so come on. say. So, if, if I start you at eight... Wait, how many points did you get last time? I got three. So, me too, then. Yeah, you too, exactly. Okay. All right, so, you, you had four, two the first week, and then three, three, and... Okay, so, okay, eight. So... France or Italy? <laughs> this is going to be a terrible one. <laughs> no, Alex, just give up hope. Don't worry. Just give what? up hope. Can, give I get, up can, hope. I get, can I get four free points? If we're just no. handing out points here. I think no. it's a plastic <laughs> spoon rather yeah. than a wooden one. What about a capital of my iPhone case? No. <laughs> but say that again, Nikki? No, I'm not going to say it again. But um, I'm going to go for France. But I was saying she's a lady because that's why I get the free points. 8th of March, you know. And lots of chocolates for bouncers. <laughs> chocolates for bouncers. What if Alex brings his mask in again? Does that count? Oh, yeah. You have to. All right. Okay. Moving quickly on. Andy, <laughs> Ireland or Wales? Oh, I'd, I'd have really liked to have heard everyone else's guesses on this <laughs> one before putting my, um, my iron in the fire. Um, I am going to go for an island win. Ooh, nice one. Nikki? Wales. Oh, my goodness. Nikki is going all in. Okay. Wales. Peter? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Wales. Ouch. Okay. Uh, before I start, I recognize that both of these countries are indeed <laughs> countries, and I'm going to have to go for Wales. Wales, right. I'm going for Ireland, so I'm, 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 back, in, I'm back in my game. playing safe. Playing yeah, safe. I, I am, I am. I'm, I'm going to get the ball and just pump Wait, it into is, the Is air. it unsafe to vote for Wales? Can I, can I revote that? <laughs> for you, it's always unsafe for <laughs> Wales. Wales, Wales. Trust me, you know. I have nothing to lose. By the way, pe people do call Wales deliverance country. So I think that's why Peter doesn't want to go there. So Alex, oh. you go there, you're in trouble. It's like <laughs> dance, boy. Okay, I know. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> Nikki is just dying beside me here. She's like, please don't. We we're speaking with Michael Jackson before we come in. Now we're going to speak about deliverance. No, let's let's not go there to Michael Jackson's house. That's a never different documentary. Yeah. <laughs> this is a separate show. Exactly. This never land. Never go. Right, uh, Alex. The final game. The big, big, big. England against Scotland. So who are you going for? Mm. Don't look at Andy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say England. Oh, he's looking to my eyes, not around the. I, I can't. I can't look at this man to the eyes and say England. I'm sorry. All right, uh, Peter. Same. England. Ooh, Andy. To open up my chances of. I, no, I'm gonna go England. <laughs> it would just be ridiculous to go otherwise oh, right. after watching Scotland's Scotland's defence last time. Okay, thank you. Yeah, England. Oh my goodness! Okay, England. Well, do you know what? I just I just have to like keep up with you losers. So all I have to do is just not lose. <laughs> I'm kind of just like you know. I just have to hold my own. Um, can I change mine then? Mm, you can <sighs> if you want. Gotta go for Scotland. Why not? All right, he's going Scotland. Okay, Andy's going Scotland. Good man. Right. Um, then I'll go for Scotland as well. <laughs> so I don't yeah, mind. I'll go back to England. Yeah, <laughs> no, you you done it now. All right, so because Peter could actually just nip ahead of me right now. 
He could. It could be even Stevens at in the, the end table. Of in the table, yeah, yeah. It could be even. Then a playoff. So, right. Um, so, okay. Uh, one issue we came up about when there's violence in football. Okay. Um, an issue that we we didn't address. It was like a, a very. Int- I think it was Jack Pitbrook. I think it was was came up with the article this week about the use of cocaine by football fans in Britain. Um, Peter, you you were you were doing research into that. So could you just tell us a little bit about the say the statistics of what they what they reckon what's happening and the increase in violence in football stadiums. Well, I might get percentage a little bit wrong, but it's said to be that uh, disturbances of games went up by forty five percent in the last like month or two maybe due to uh, usage of cocaine. So oh. yeah. Okay, so th- this is something I'll, I'll just like put it into a, a slightly different context because I, I do see there's a lot, there's a lot of merit in this uh, discussion and, and um, in this investigation because I remember when I was working in Croatia with Hydex Split, uh, in the stadium, if anyone has been there to the polio, it's called it, the Meadow Stadium, when you're going into it, it's shaped like the two big stands, the roofs are shaped like conch, like seashells. And you have to walk across these uh, bridges to get into this, to the ground. So the ultra fans are called Torchida. Um, and basically, when you're going in into the ultra section, there were guys selling drugs right in front of the policeman, and they were usually selling uh, little bits like packets of cocaine or ecstasy um, or amphetamines. And the guys would be just literally off their heads, off their faces in the, in the stadium. And uh, when we reported, we said like, there's like there's a lot of violence, a lot of racism, a lot of you know, really really mental ins like crazy crazy things happening in the stands uh, the club said well we're kind of afraid to stamp down on it so it, w- it was a bit like so it is there it is there on, on, on a wide scale Andy would that be an issue in Scotland as well like because I mean we've all seen um, I was going to say Breaking Bad but train spotting so I mean Scotland does have that bit of a reputation you know well I don't think it's um, I think one of the correlations that the article made is that football was once a working class sport for its spectators um, and because of the ticket pricing that's now very much changed and you need to if you're going to follow your team on a weekly basis to to home games you need to have an awful lot of cash and this is where it lies in certain parts of England where the the work you know the the middle class to upper middle class drug is cocaine Um, and in Scotland it could be an issue simply because the the police uh, over the last 10 years, five years in particular, have really tried to clamp down on football fans and a a sort of drinking culture, perhaps, and many will argue unfairly, uh, because it it exists and it's not encouraged, but it's there in terms of rugby. Um, But in Scottish football, it's a strange one because police... I mean, police have their hands almost entirely tied in this in this regard because if someone was drunken going into a stadium, it, it, it's very evident. With cocaine, it's not, and therefore you have to test someone, and therefore you need to have some kind of idea that you're not actually impeaching on somebody's freedom. That's um, fair. No, that's that's a good point actually, because at least you know if if pardon, Nikki's saying wipe your nose. You're trying to say that he's taking... Okay. She said, my, my, my eyeballs are... <laughs> yeah, are popping out. She's trying to say, are you taking drugs or are you drunk or what's going on? All right. Um, uh, that, that, that is fair enough. Okay, before we go away, uh, Peter, um, some big games on this weekend. Of course, Lokomotiv are home on Sunday. On St. Patrick's Day, of course. Uh, Sunday the 17th of March. Um, Lokomotiv are home to Krasnodar. What else is happening in the Russian Premier League, Peter? Well, on on, uh, on Friday, we have uh, Anji going up against Krylia Savetov at 7.30. And uh, we have, uh, unlike on notable games, we have Ural going up against CSKA at 2 o'clock Sunday. I mean, Saturday. Okay, that's a big one. Okay. And then uh, also, oh, a very big one on Sunday, Spartak Zenit, 7 o'clock. Oh, 7 p.m. Okay. So what time is that local game on? That local game is at uh, 4.30. 4.30, okay. And the Moscow Shamrocks will be there, by the way, just so if anyone's (laughs) wondering. And um, and Dynamo? Uh, Dynamo game is, uh, wait a minute, uh, 11.30. 11.30 Eleven thirty in the morning, but they're away. Where are they? They're out in. I think Orenburg. Okay, Orenburg. Okay, good. So uh, big, big games, of course. That big uh, locomotive game at home and Spartak, of course, at home. So two massive games in the capital this weekend. Okay, Andy, what do you reckon? Uh, locomotive or Krasnodar? Um, difficult one. Locomotive have obviously progressed through the cup, did reasonably well in the. I mean, sl- slightly slow start to get back up and running, but Krasnodar have obviously had an extra couple of games with the Europa League. Um, I think I might nudge to home advantage and, yeah, 
perhaps, you go for a, a, perhaps a, a, a slender loco win. Okay. Alrighty. So we are going to go away. We have to give away that prize, of course. So, um, Nikki, who won last year's Six Nations, 2018 Six Nations? So it was either Ireland or Italy. Ireland. Ah, well done. See, Nikki knows. Nikki knows what side of bread is buttered on. So, if your number ends in two one eight nine, you have won that fifteen thousand or fifteen thousand fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, Do- dollars. <laughs> dollars, yeah. 1,500 rubles voucher, two silvers on Kurskaya. Okay, so we're going to go away. We're going to see next week because we're at a new time. We won't be here next Wednesday. We'll be here next Sunday. Okay, so Sunday the 24th, we are back. So we're to a new uh, a new time. We're on 9 to 11 every Sunday from now on. So, uh, Andy, thank you for your time and patience. Thank you very much for having uh, Peter and Alex when they're finished uh, doing whatever manly things are doing there in the corner. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, <laughs> okay, thank goodbye. you very much. Anyway, okay, wait, wait, wait. I'd like to wish everybody a happy St. Patrick's Day at Kate O'Shea's, of course. Wait, okay. wait what about Kate O'Shea's? <laughs> well, I, th- I, th- I think it's the best pub there is. <laughs> All right, we're going to go away. We are going to go out because, of course, we've got an Irish group called The Script. And uh, so, folks, this weekend, there's lots going on. There's the Irish Film Festival. There's a parade in Sokolniki at 11.30. We're going to go out. We're going to paint the town green this weekend. And we're going to start with the script right now. Paint the town green. We'll talk to you Sunday the 24th from 9 to 11 here on Capital FM. Capital.